Is Chris Jericho the face of AEW? Is he or is he not considered the greatest of all time? And should he have a babyface turn? But before that, I got this letter to open. Okay, let's see here. Bollocks, it's... Hey, it, it's from the Council of Connors, yes. Council of Connors, it's, it's actually a real thing. It, it's all in my head, don't, don't get it confused. Okay, this will just, this will take a second. Okay, how do I do this again? Just aim for the chin, and... Oh! Yep, that worked! Wow, that thing's really changed in my head. Let's see here, uh, no brain damage, that's always good. Uh, let's see some manga panels, switches, and... Alright, yeah, back, back to the main thing. Connors! Welcome, Welcome Connor. Connor. And Tig. Crossfit! Tig, we have that at nine, can you shut up? Right, back to business. Right, so I know why you all called me in here. Cause I'm you, you are me, all, all that philosophy stuff. Podcast is running out of ideas. I've got some for you. Some, because we've seen how wrestling's changed from 2010 to 2020, all the way to the future of 2030. So, I bring you the list of Connor! I'm, I'm sorry, that's a, that, that's a Chris Jericho thing. Come on, this is, <laughs> this is clearly different. What, they're all gonna get it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jericho did that. Oh, come on, boy. <laughs> okay, then. Maybe maybe if I suggest that, you know, we've we've all been saved by this podcast. It's gave us a whole new meaning of life. We're reinventing ourselves. I am going to save the rest of our listeners. Jericho did it. Okay, maybe make this a talk show. The, the high- Jericho did it. Oh, okay, then. Fine. How about this? We bring on the very first. Something that's never been done before. A podcast will tell them. I will be the first undisputed. Jericho did it. Jericho, Jericho did it. Jericho CrossFit. Tig, so help me God, we have it at nine. Okay, yes, I get it. Chris Jericho's been around for 30 years. He's done everything, okay? So maybe I don't fully have ideas. Do you, do you have anything Go else? Go back to Winnipeg. I'm from England, you idiot. On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast... We'll be discussing the demo god, Le Champion. It's Chris Jericho. One of my thoughts on his current feud with MJF, the possibility of the inner circle splitting up, and where on earth will he go next? So now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling with Fiction Podcast. Uh, welcome back to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the only podcast where you figure out that I'm actually no longer living in the current place I was. Yeah, there's no real intro to that, so if you're wondering why the intro just sounds a little bit more quieter and a little bit more odd, that's why. I'm adjusting it. I don't know what to do. So, for anyone who's new to listening to this podcast, this podcast is where I look at a specific wrestler of the week, and we just kind of speculate where things go with them. And of course, this week's episode is Chris Jericho, because, well, it's his 30-year anniversary in the wrestling business. 
Did I plan for this episode to be right after the Sammy Guevara one? No! But we're sticking with it anyways. So with it... God, 30 years, right? Just 30 years of Chris Jericho. It's such a... It's such a weird thing to think about. Because I've... Even at... I admit that I haven't seen him from his WCW days, or even before then. It it feels like he's never stopped wrestling. You know, except that time with Fozzie. But apart from that, he's never stopped wrestling. And it's... It's so interesting to think how much he's affected sort of the wrestling business as a whole. Like, look back to his time in WCW when he was part of the Cruiserweights in, of course, WCW. What am I saying? Uh, The time where he just jumped ship. He was one of the first few people to jump ship to Monday Night Raw back when that happened. Then he left, then came back again had this brilliant heel character, you know, before the attempt of a babyface run. And then he just went from gimmick to gimmick to gimmick to gimmick, and they all worked. That doesn't happen with many people. (laughs) That's, that's like, that's like expecting yourself to hit a backflip every single time. Not everyone can do a backflip. I can't do a backflip. So it's like big, Big Show, no, Chris Jericho hit four backflips. Consecutively. That's a bad analogy, but you're going to get used to this. <laughs> so, it's a question that's always brought up with Chris Jericho, before we get onto the main thing. It's that, is Chris Jericho the greatest of all time? I think he's considered one of the greats, certainly. I think it's hard to deny from the amount of successful gimmicks he's had. I don't necessarily think title reigns. Because I think title reigns are your own separate topic. When defining the greatest one. I think it's usually based around their perception. Not just among wrestling fans. But among the company. And I think he's been one of the most versatile players. In all of wrestling. Like he's been the opener. He's been the main event. He's been the mid card. And he's been successful at every single one. There's not many people who can pull that off. Like, take, if you want to take a New Japan example, Okada. He's a brilliant main event player, but you put him in the mid card, he just loses that degree of interest. Chris Jericho, he's been consistent for 30 years. My fondest memories of him is easily... It's one of two different things. For me, it's... Uh, mid to late 2010s Chris Jericho. So say the Save Us Y2J and his best friend stuff with Kevin Owens. To me, that's some of the stuff that I think is actually some of his best work. Don't get me wrong, love Le Champion. That's the topic of this week's podcast, but I don't know. I just, I really love the Festival of Friendship. I think that was a thing that cemented how good Chris Jericho is. Because we've had all these world-renowned angles from Chris Jericho from years past. But this showed that even at the age that he was at the time, I think it was 46, something like that. It could be 46 now. I could be wrong with ages. That he could still put on these spectacular in-ring segments. Not that he wasn't doing that before, but some that are just memorable to people just 
years and years down the line. Because I can still remember him and his delivery of, my name is, why is my name on the list? And that whole reaction and just the look on the sort of like the crowd's face when they realize, oh no, this is what's happening. I don't want this friendship to end. Please don't let the friendship end. (laughs) So, is he the greatest of all time? I feel like I've gone enough on a tangent with it. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I think he's definitely up there as someone who's absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think you can say that he's really changed the wrestling business. He certainly inspired wrestlers just based off his gimmick changes alone. But to say that he's brought people in in the same way that The Rock did or Stone Cold Steve Austin did. I don't think Chris Jericho's done that. I think he's satisfied people who have already become wrestling fans, but I don't think he's brought people in. And I think that's a big distinction when you think of the best wrestler of all time. He's certainly up there because for the people that sort of watched him and seen him evolve as a character, he's easily one of the most intricate. He's a guy who's went from just this random cruiserweight wrestler teaming with Lance Storm to egotistical maniac who calls himself the demo god and le champion but backs it up that's a very difficult feat to pull off and it's that sort of egotism and egomaniac stuff that brings us on to the current feud and the current storyline his stuff with mjf oh man mjf chris jericho they are they are unintentionally the best pairing that I think you could really hope for for Chris Jericho right now. We talked about MJF being the kind of protege of Cody Rhodes. But if you really think about it, he's really a Chris Jericho protege when you really look at it. From his promos to his delivery to this massive self-confidence that MJF has, that is Jericho 101. So much so that AEW Dynamite pretty much calls on it. The whole thing is just how they don't like each other, but they're so much alike. So here's the question with this. If you saw the 30th anniversary, you might know where I'm going with this. Are we going to see MJF take over the inner circle? Kind of like the fox in the hen house type of situation. No, I think. Don't get me wrong. I think that Jericho's going to be kicked out of the inner circle. But I think that the Four Horsemen teasers is a faction warfare. I think that MJF is going to wheedle himself into the inner circle. And... He's going to try and wheedle out Chris Jericho because that's one of the main things that AEW has constantly emphasized is that Chris Jericho is in the twilight of his career. He's a guy who needs that impressionable youth around him to keep him that kind of super strong competitive force within the AEW division. The point of MJF joining the inner circle is to kill two birds with one stone. He gets rid of the leader and in turn... He establishes a faction which I believe would be led by MJF 
followed by FTR, Wardlow, and Sean Spears, with Tully Blanchard in their corner. So you get, if you can't count it, it's the Four Horsemen, baby! They're back! (laughs) That's right. That's why I think this would potentially lead to, and you'd have, temporarily, Sammy Guevara as the leader of the Inner Circle. Why not Jake Hager, you may ask? Because Sammy Guevara is Chris Jericho's right-hand man. And if you want to hear what I think a Chris Jericho Sammy Guevara feud would be like, listen to the previous episode. I talk about that, because this is a whole different scenario, and we're probably not going to cover it in this episode. So go check it out. I love that episode a lot. Here, this, specifically for Sammy Guevara, would be his chance to sort of prove himself as more of a main event player. In addition to that, you can see Chris Jericho begin to turn babyface. Because I think at this point, don't get me wrong, heel Jericho has carried AEW for a num- for at least this whole year. He's been one of the main sort of drawing pieces for AEW to sort of further establish itself. But you need to make him a babyface at some point so he can start elevating some of the heel wrestlers. Because right now, John Moxley doesn't have many challenges. And don't get me wrong, I understand if people think that putting Chris Jericho in this position may not be the best idea because you're making him a gatekeeper. But Chris Jericho is completely unfiltered in this scenario, unlike with WWE and how they sort of script promos. Here, you can have Chris Jericho be as creative as he wants and able to sort of keep himself over and establish more heel threats for the world title. Take... Hell, for this, MJF. MJF has just came off his, like, massive loss to John Moxley. It's his first loss. What better way to re-establish him than by having him feud with Chris Jericho, a guy who is so seasoned in sort of like, the wrestling industry. This whole thing is based on him be- being in the wrestling business for 30 years. I lost my train of thought there. And what better way, and what even more of a smugger way could you have MJF get back on a winning streak than for him to say he beat the very first ever undisputed heavyweight champion? I don't think there's a better way of doing it. Like, even if you put him in a feud with Cody at this point for the TNT Championship, probably not really the best idea for MJF because he's just been world title focused. Jericho... You, in this dynamic, if it's my idea of four horsemen versus in a circle, where eventually Jericho leaves, comes back, friendly reuniting because it's like five on one, and they realize that, hey, Chris Jericho's not a bad guy. You know, maybe you get the nice little cheesy wrestling hug it out at the point where it's just, oh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho back together. Oh, that's great. That moment. And then you can have... Actually, no, I'll save that for later, now that I thought about it. Don't, I'm going to save that for another idea. You can have them have Stadium Stampede 2. Because I feel like the Inner Circle should have their own signature match. And I think the Stadium Stampede should be there. Because I think they were the highlights of that whole thing. Don't get me wrong, Hatman Page on a horse? Great. But Sammy Guevara... When he was getting hit with the like suplexes and eventually getting hit with a touchdown, uh, Santana and Ortiz in the Lake of Reincarnation that was the pool. 
And then you just had Jake Hager in a bar fight. I think this match stipulation is meant for them as a crew. Plus, I feel like it would be quite interesting to see the super serious MJF in this wacky match stipulation. Plus with it, think about the parallels that we have presented if this is the scenario. You have Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara, both kind of these people who were kind of made in AEW by Cody Rhodes, someone that both MJF and Chris Jericho despise. You also have Santana and Ortiz, considered one of the best tag teams in AEW that feel underutilized compared to a tag team that just came in and being utilized to their full ability in FTR. And then you also have the two big meaty beef men. Yes, the beefy of beef men, Wardlow. And you have Jake Hager. I understand that may not be a match that people want to see because it's AEW, but I feel like they could put on a good match. So you got these great parallels between them if this faction sort of becomes a thing. Jericho, for me, comes out of this sort of solidifying that he can stand on his own. Something that his whole character has been based around. And that he can sort of build this independence with it until eventually he does get the inner circle back. And then they can have this big faction warfare type of scenario. And for MJF, this builds to him being a legitimate world title contender. Something that we've started to build with him being more of a serious threat. The past couple of months has been trying to solidify him more than just a... Just not really a comedy heel character... But that sort of Miz-type heel to main event heel, if you get what I mean. Another suggestion, because this sort of popped into my head, was an inner circle blood and guts match with Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Bros, and the Butcher and the Blade. I think that would be a pretty fun match. First of all, the idea of turning Jericho babyface sounds like a very fun idea. I think at this point in his career, he should be a babyface. He's built up such a big respect with wrestling fans across the past 30 years. I feel like in the twilight of his career, it would be better to make him a babyface. But put over a guy like Eddie Kingston, who... He's only just recently been discovered. I know he's roughly... I, I say recently discovered. He's been on the indies for so many years. But for him to be recently discovered in sort of a mainstream wrestling sense, you can't imagine Jericho just wants to have so many fun promos with him. Specifically from how good Eddie Kingston's been on the past couple weeks of AEW, from like his work with John Moxley, in which the whole thing was completely last minute and he sold the match within, I don't know, two minutes. That's a very difficult feat to pull off, and he did it so seamlessly. I think him and Jericho could have a brilliant promo exchange. And with it, you can have the infighting of the inner circle that's sort of been building little by little with the infighting of the family, in which it's a battle of who can keep their team together in this blood and guts match. Because you've got... Both teams kind of slowly being built with conflict within them. And Eddie Kingston's been established as this person who tries to keep these things together for the benefit of himself. If you listen to the recent theme song that's been released for him, it's all about him being by himself. The 
faction that he has is all built around himself. Even when they first formed, he had the sort of like cheeky look into the camera. Jericho, on the other hand, he values his whole team as a precious part of his almost like a family in it of itself. Like he values Sammy Guevara as his sort of right hand man, his protege. He values Santana Ortiz as being the first few people who trusted him in AEW. And then he has Jake Hager as sort of the muscle that he sort of brought back from obscurity of like leaving WWE. I think that's a very fun dynamic. Dynamite, Jesus. Dynamite dynamic. There we go. Dynamite dynamic. Let's make that a thing. <laughs> that sort of brings them together. Because the Inner Circle, they, they're a faction that was built to be the anti-elite. The faction that was sort of brought in to sort of be Jericho's way of counteracting the elite. And now that that's gone, what is the Inner Circle at this point? It's a group of guys who were brought together to face a threat that no longer exists. The only threat that they have at this point, apart from the threat that I'm suggesting in this feud, is themselves. Jericho no longer has a reason to sort of keep them together. But that doesn't mean that they can't stay together. Like, you gotta admit with it, you don't, I don't really want to see the inner circle break up. Like, I love them as a group, and they've really proven over the past year that they are a cohesive unit. And that's a very rare thing in a faction to see now, is this extremely well put together cohesive unit. Because most of the time when this happens, you don't really have them last that long without, like, some sort of infighting. That's a very rare thing to see in a faction. Hell, Eddie Kingston's one hasn't even been there for like three or four months and they've already had infighting. <laughs> Plus, win or lose? I don't think Jericho loses anything. Literally nothing out of this. Jericho's built up so much credibility with the audience and his accolades that he's probably one of the hardest people to really think of for ideas without him possibly being the loser in it. I think a lot of people, when they look at Chris Jericho at this point, they see the character of Chris Jericho. Maybe not necessarily the wrestler, but the character of Chris Jericho. The character of Chris Jericho is a main event level character. He's a guy who you can slot into the main event and nobody will question it. Eddie Kingston, for all the accolades that he probably has in the independent scene... He's still a relatively untested talent. Don't get me wrong, he's proving himself to a significant degree. But putting him in there with Chris Jericho, you really start to establish like what people have been missing. And with it, you can get out what Jericho got out of Orange Cassidy, this whole different side to Eddie Kingston. That's what Chris Jericho brings to a lot of his feuds, is that when he's in a feud with somebody... It isn't necessarily about getting himself over specifically in his character. He's done that a billion times. It's more about establishing who the other person is. In many ways, Jericho is that impenetrable protagonist of AEW. He's a guy who can constantly change and have it sort of be this hit out of the park situation. Give or take maybe a few months to sort of like get it fully developed and established. But he's proven himself time and time again. And for this, 
This could really help establish both the Inner Circle as a group and both Eddie Kingston's faction with the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. It puts them all together in this nice, tight little bow. I think that's a thing that will work. Possibly. Maybe. I haven't really thought about the Eddie Kingston one that much because it's kind of a out-of-the-blue type of pick. I just think their promos would be very fun. I think the idea of a blood and guts match is something that shouldn't really go to waste and you can fully use it still. It's still something that you can fully exploit in it, even if you don't have the elite to go in it. And I think there's a ton of conflict that can be achieved through doing this. And that's the main key point to all stories, is having this rich conflict. That's how some of the best sort of wrestling storylines have happened. Like, a lot of Chris Jericho's storylines that have been the best have been because of seeds planted from months and months in advance. That's something that's happened in AEW for the past year or so with the Inner Circle, with, like, Matt Hardy's feud with Sammy Guevara, the fact that all of the Inner Circle's slowly but surely been going off in their own sort of direction. All those things can be played off very well with sort of Eddie Kingston's character in the moment, it's just sort of, like, bringing all these people that he's grew up with on the indies together like a family. Because Chris Jericho, in this sort of current wrestling faction, this is his family. He's had birthdays with them. He's had, like, stadium stampede matches with them in which they've all tried to sell t-shirts collectively. They've been in lockdown together. They've had so much random stuff happen to them. I feel like it would be a waste not to use that in another context. Now, I've done all this stuff specifically focusing on sort of inner circle feuds. So for the next one, I think I'll go a little bit more individual. Uh, we'll go back to, say, I think it was around six months ago, with a feud back when Jericho was the AEW World's Heavyweight Champion. Kind of used initially as a thing to get over another young up-and-coming talent. I think he should have a feud with Jungle Boy. Why Jungle Boy specifically? He's an actor. He's Luke Perry's son. He's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I don't know. He's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Because JR won't stop saying he's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He's Jungle Boy. Just call him Jungle Boy JR. Please. I think you can play off the whole angle that they had at the end of, like, their match. Which was Jungle Boy wanted to see if he can last 10 minutes with Chris Jericho. And guess what? He did! So the way that I see this feud going down, Jungle Boy's character has been one that's built upon him constantly losing, but looking good at the end. So take his match with FTR and the Young Bucks, where he necessarily did not win, but he was resilient. The babyface resiliency. It's that... It's that extra power button, that extra life that you see in video games. It's that extra life, the thing that keeps him going. It's that extra stage on the fuel gauge. For me, I realized that I went on a huge tangent there. You can start building a very nice feud in this, in which Chris Jericho believes that Jungle Boy should quit the wrestling business because... He is the son of Luke Perry. He is this person who is built upon 
this famous acting legacy. He's not meant to be in the wrestling business. He is not meant to be in Jericho's ring. But with it, you can have Jungle Boy pretty much say, hey, I've been in 10 minutes with you. I bet I can still last 15 minutes with you. So the next match is 15 minutes they last. Then it becomes 20 minutes. Then it becomes 25 minutes and Jungle Boy just gets a little bit closer. A little bit closer. Then we get 30 minutes. And he just barely loses to Chris Jericho. Maybe some inner circle interference. Maybe some Luchasaurus shenanigans. Because I do love me Luchasaurus. (laughs) And then you build to a match at pay-per-view. Maybe Revolution. And it's an Iron Man match. Why an Iron Man match? Because in this way, it doesn't matter if Jungle Boy wins or loses this entire feud. If he gets a single pin on Chris Jericho, he's proved his point. That he belongs in the wrestling business. Something that Jericho has said that he doesn't. He is the son of an actor. He shouldn't be there. And you build that resiliency that has gotten Jungle Boy over little by little. And with it, you are able to give Chris Jericho a clean victory. A clean win to a feud. Because it's very hard to put Jericho in a position where he can win a feud without it being him going straight to the world title picture. He's in this phase where he has to put over other talent because that's kind of the role he's been slotted into. But this, you don't need Jungle Boy to win. You just need him to get a pinfall. Not necessarily a win because that's how iron matches work. If you get, like, a certain amount of pinfalls over your opponent, then you win. You can just have Chris Jericho beat him twice. Maybe a code breaker, bring out the Judas effect. And then, yeah. That, I think that's a great way to put over Jungle Boy. And it establishes Chris Jericho as a credible threat once again. Because he's lost the last two feuds he's had. And for me, it reminds me of something that Sean Spears said on an interview with Chris Van Vliet. You can have enhancement talent, but you need the enhancement talent to have a form of credibility. They don't necessarily need pushes, they just need credibility. Chris Jericho needs to be that enhancement talent for the main event. He's the stepping stone for Jungle Boy. He is the Jericho Jungle Connection. I was trying to think of a great analogy that wasn't a good one, but we're sticking with it. He is the Jurassic Park of Jungle Boy. (laughs) He must conquer it so we can get to Jurassic Park 2. Electric Boogaloo. Let's stick with that. (laughs) And depending on it, you can have Jericho turn face here if you really want. You can just say right at the end that Jungle Boy's earned his respect. That's all you really need to do with it. Like, you don't necessarily have to have this big inner circle breakup, like you could possibly suggest with the MJF stuff, and you don't really need to have him feud with Sammy Guevara just to establish it. Maybe all you need is to just have him have a very competitive match where he shows that he can still go in the same way that Jungle Boy's trying to prove that he can go. It's the sort of 
reversal, the cycle, the wrestling cycle of life. Where you're a young up-and-coming guy and then eventually you're the veteran trying to see who else is a young up-and-coming guy. It's the circle of wrestling life. <laughs> and with that circle of wrestling life, we bring ourselves onto the final person who I think would be a great pick for Chris Jericho. And that's a alcoholic. Someone who's had a lot of issues. Just like how Jericho has turned heel in the past because of some people's character issues. I'm looking at you, Shawn Michaels. Hangman Adam Page. A guy who is the reason that Adam Page turned to alcoholism, which is never a good thing, but in the pro wrestling business, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, this is the type of feud where, once again, I don't necessarily think Jericho needs to win this, but it's a good way of establishing Hangman Page as this rising star, and you can sort of now that Hangman Page has this well-established history, now a history of alcoholism, a tag team and faction lost because of his own actions, have him have a feud with Chris Jericho, because what has Chris Jericho done these past, like, year or so? He's been thriving in his own way. He's gone full-on pretentious mode. Like, the minute Jericho won, he became Le Champion. What happened to Hangman? Came an alcoholic. A guy in denial. A person who doesn't necessarily know quite where he's going. Jericho, in this situation, could be the thing that sort of steers him in the right direction. Maybe not cures everything, but it starts to rectify some things in the mind of the Hangman Page character. A lot of people forget this because it's been over a year, but... The only one to ever pin Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is Chris Jericho. He's the only one who's had sort of consecutive pinfall victories over Kenny and Hangman. So in a way, this is a reconciliation for Hangman to sort of say that I beat someone that Kenny Omega couldn't beat, which sort of reestablishes himself as a little bit more of a confident babyface that... He's really trying to re-establish. And for Jericho, it just gives him another reason to just be like, he is the demo god in Le Champion because he's bringing in ratings. Something that he can argue that Hangman doesn't do. And that's the basis of the feud is just, I bring in ratings, you don't. You just do Cowboy S-Word. Cowboy S-Word doesn't bring in ratings. It brings in failure. <laughs> And it brings in your best friends leaving. That could be the basis of Jericho's ideas. Because he can argue that he brings people together. And Hangman tears people apart. He's not allowed to have people. And of course, that's a heel thing to do. Babyface thing for Hangman. Say, you're wrong. Maybe at the end of this, you sort of start to repair Hangman's relationship with the Young Bucks. And other people. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of good that could come out of this as a feud. Hell, maybe this is a feud where Chris Jericho sort of sees himself as the guy to end Hangman Page's career. Because he wants to put Hangman out of his misery. 
in sort of the same way that sort of like Jungle Boy was sort of an actor. Hangman Page was a teacher, if you don't quite remember that. I heard that on AW Unrestricted. You can play off that to some extent, that he left these students behind to, like, achieve a dream that just wasn't fulfilling to him. It's made him worse. It's made him toxic. And Jericho, in this sort of heel babyface way, is trying to convince him to leave. You know, get on his high horse. Get on Hunter Horse Helmsley and ride off into the sunset because there's nothing else here for him. He's had his big run. He is just the shadow of the elite, which can play off sort of months and months of storytelling of Hangman Page feeling like he has this kind of imposter syndrome. And whether you establish the sort of cocky element of Chris Jericho, the I'm the best and nobody else can say otherwise. And then you can sort of build this sort of gang brutality with the inner circle against Hangman Page, and you can have Hangman Page get into these bar fights like in the stadium stampede trying to fend everyone off. Hell, if AEW has the budget, redo the beer truck spot with Steve Austin, but with the inner circle. Why not? And hell, maybe Jericho gets another white jacket stained. Something fun. I feel like this could be a very fun feud now that sort of Hangman Page's character's been established more, and Chris Jericho is always constantly changing his character here and there. You can bring out that more aggressive side of Chris Jericho that we haven't really seen in months. The the one who would, like, do anything to get another shot of the world title, because he's kind of been sidetracked on that. Like, he's going in the tag division at this point, which is kind of Hangman's goal as well. So maybe it's also Jericho trying to snap him out of it of saying, like, you're not meant to be in the tag division and this type of thing. Maybe that's a little too babyface. Maybe it should be a little bit more heelish. But Jericho is someone who I think could pull it off. With that in mind, I realize I'm running out of time if I want to keep to that, like, 30 to 50 minute mark. So with that, I think I'm going to move on to my final segment of this as we're approaching near the end of this podcast, it's it's a segment I like to dub Fantasy Fumble. So for anyone who's new here, because apparently there was a lot of people who downloaded episodes recently, Fantasy Fumble is the section on the show where I try and book the weirdest, wackiest, or potentially uh, mind-inducing storyline that will either be... The best thing ever, or the most frustrating thing you've ever heard in about five or six minutes. So, without further ado, I think it's time that I just get this sorted in three, two, one, fumble. Let the dumpster fire begin! Right, so we know that Chris Jericho is like the McDonald's of pro wrestling. He has done everything. Quite literally everything. The skit and this thing that we're talking about, he's done this for 30 years. 30 years, and he got more than a watch. So, in this idea that I'm suggesting, Jericho has gone back to the past. That's right. He is having his midlife wrestling crisis. What is his midlife wrestling crisis, you may ask? It's where he is discovering that he is not as fast as he used to be. Not as strong as he used to be. Not as buff 
and swole as he used to be. He had a little bit of the chubbly. And because of that, he's trying to relive his past glory. Week to week on AEW Dynamite. He, and along with the Inner Circle, are making him relive his past gimmicks. Including the Lion Tamer. He tries to do the flexing pose. He does. And he loses his match. But he doesn't quite understand. How could this happen? This is such a successful gimmick. Why is it not getting over with the AEW fans? Well, it's because he has to try his next gimmick. That's right. He's gone to Y2J, or AKA, uh, Le Champion Y2J, we can't, don't know what you do for the copyright for that, but hey, he does the pose, he brings back the light up jacket, we hear a version of Break the Walls Down, he's in there, he's in his wrestling match, he's having it with Matt Hardy, why? Because he is a man formerly known for his broken brilliance, it's for that, and he loses to Matt Hardy, so he questions it once again, Matt Hardy, intrigued, follows him to the back, where he follows him. He looks for Chris Jericho, because they've known each other for years, decades, 20 of those wrestling decades. And in this point, he looks over to Chris Jericho, and he sees he's already transformed into Save Us Y2J. He swapped out his metal pants for a set of trunks. Why? He's Chris Jericho. He's here to tell us all that we're hypocrites, that we're troglodytes, that we're inconsiderate nincompoop troglodytes, something else. It's at this point that Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy, next week goes on, cutting a promo telling us all that Y2J has lost his mind. He has become what he was before, broken. Broken Chris Jericho. And so Jericho enters. They clash, they fight. The inner circle watches on because at this point they're just kind of confused. I don't know what they will do. I assume they'd fight Matt Hardy, but Jericho's broken brilliance, he doesn't even remember them as a team. So he just walks away from them, telling them that they're all hypocrites for following him, that they're all non believers, that they should all chuck the their glow sticks at him because I bet they have glow sticks AEW shop more stuff happens they clash even more till we build to full gear cause that's the pay per view that's next in which Matt Hardy challenges this flashback of the past Chris Jericho to a final deletion match where in which Matt Hardy will attempt to bring Jericho back to life. The only way to win is by pinfall or submission at the Hardy compound. So there we have it. Jericho re-enters from the first gimmick that he had, teaming with Lance Storm as one of the, not the Quebecers, I can't think of the name, uh, the Frill Seekers. That's right, the Frill Seekers. I hope that's the right one. And so, clashes with Matt Hardy and his lawnmower and his dilapidated boat. He jumps off the top rope of it, doing his various lion salts. Walls of Jericho is attempting to tap out Matt Hardy, but of course, that fails, for he has been chucked to Lake of Reincarnation. Broken Matt Hardy is back! He's 
here. Messing with the lights, messing with Vanguard 1, uh, Neo 1, I think. Neo 1. Uh, I think that was it. I, I don't remember the BTE segment <laughs> which he started coming around. He distracts Chris Jericho enough to have allowed Broken Matt Hardy to push back Chris Jericho into the lake. But he's back to save us, Y2J. So he needs to push him back in. And he comes out. He comes back in. He comes out. He comes back in. He comes out. He comes back in. That's gonna be a bad gift later. <laughs> Until finally, the old Chris Jericho returns. Le Champion, the demo god. The pain maker's gone. Didn't mention him. And so, Jericho thanks Matt Hardy for all the hard work that he gave him. And of course, Matt obliges. Because of course he does. He's a baby face. It's in this moment that Jericho Hits the Judas effect on Matt Hardy. Why? Because he just found his groove. He found the Emperor's new groove because he's Chris Jericho. He wants that win back. One, two, three. Jericho wins the final deletion. And in which deleting his vast gimmicks, he truly becomes a demo god. And in many ways, more than just a demo god, Jericho becomes better. He becomes Le Cham Pion. Oh, juicy fatigue. Yeah, that was a, that was a journey. Somehow Chris Jericho became Broken Matt Hardy 2.0? And people thought I can come up with something that Jericho hasn't done. There's something he hasn't done, baby. Yeah! Did it! Should I be proud? Probably not, but we're sticking with it. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's the end. Spoilers, that's the end of this episode. All in all, uh, congratulations to Chris Jericho. He's reached 30 years in professional wrestling. That's incredible. He, hopefully, he lives to influence many more childhoods to come, because he's legitimately one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and I just hope he does more great things and with that out of the way I just want to say thank you for listening I as I said earlier there was a bunch of new people who recently just sort of discovered this place and I just want to say thank you for listening it's been really awesome to see more and more people gradually just start to listen to the podcast that's awesome it kind of makes everything that I try and do here seem more fun and honestly that's what I really want to do with this is try and you know bring some positivity in the world of pro wrestling because sometimes we can all just get wrapped up in negativity in terms of it where the thing that brought us all in was the weird wacky storylines the like super exuberant over dramatic promos and you know just some good wrestling that's that's honestly why I still watch uh, haven't got an idea what next week's episode is going to be, but I certainly will by next week. So, I've already said it already like two times and I feel like a broken record, but thank you all for listening. And remember everyone, wrestling can always use just a little bit more fiction. Thank you all. Good night, everybody.